0: Okay, friends. So uh, we'll do one that's very topical. Uh, So what happened in Commerce City around two or three weeks ago? Anyone know? It was in the news. Yep. So we had five people at one single event all overdose on fentanyl when purportedly they thought that they were using cocaine. And that actually represents one of the largest mass overdose uh, events that's ever happened in the country. And it's a big kind of reminder to us that, wow, our drug supply is actually now almost exclusively fentanyl when it comes to elicits. Okay, So let's talk a little bit about fentanyl. So if you have a patient who comes in and you're suspecting that they have a opioid use disorder, they look like they're withdrawing, and you send a urine drug screen out for them, what will your result be if they're using fentanyl? It'll be nothing, right? So, so nothing because it's, it's uh, synthetic opioids. Synthetic opioids don't turn our urine drug stream positive. And we actually have to send out fentanyl testing to an outside lab to actually confirm it, which is kind of crazy, especially now that over the last two years, our illicit drug supply is almost exclusively fentanyl. So let's talk about just some interesting things around that. So why is our drug supply now fentanyl? So it's cheaper. So that that's key. So it's cheaper to produce. So heroin, you actually have to grow a crop, right? It depends on the sun. It depends on time. It depends on you taking that poppy and then creating tar from it and then distilling it into heroin. So it's pretty time intensive. And then when you get heroin, you get a kilo of heroin, right? You have to smuggle that kilo across across the border because almost all our heroin comes from Mexico. Uh, that's a very difficult thing to do or at least you know, time intensive and costly to do. So if you produced a kilogram of heroin, it's something like $20,000 to do that from basically crops in the ground to smuggling across to actually cutting it and then selling it. And then you get around $60,000 of profit from that. So it's a pretty good profit margin, right? Still three to, you know, you're you're tripling your money. Fentanyl, fentanyl doesn't require anything except a lab and some smart chemists and some precursor chemicals, which are very easy to obtain. It costs around two thousand to four thousand dollars to produce a kilogram of fentanyl, which, by the way, is fifty times more potent than heroin. And then, when you actually ship it, and you you know, which is easier to ship because you can cut it more easily, you can then kind of give it to end users, and your profit is around one billion dollars for that kilogram. So it doesn't take uh, an MBA to figure out that there's a lot more money in the fentanyl hustle than in the heroin hustle so what else happens with with fentanyl so heroin what was heroin like how how did you actually have to consume heroin you had to inject it or you can chase the dragon and you can smoke it right so those are the two main ways that you can do heroin you can't really put heroin in a pill but right now how does most of our fentanyl come it comes in a pill what color are those pills blue we're seeing blues everywhere so blues are extremely cheap And you can either take them orally, you can smoke them, you can dissolve them, and you can inject them. So I think that's one of the biggest things that happened with our overdose crisis is if you have a use disorder and you're prone to using drugs, but it was heroin and you had to either put that in your arm or smoke it, that's a lot more of a psychological barrier than just taking a pill, which almost everyone is familiar with pills, And the other thing, because we have such a supply-side opioid epidemic right now is fentanyl is being cut into everything. So it's around 5 to 10% of your methamphetamine has fentanyl in it. It's a lot of your cocaine has fentanyl in it, like what would purportedly happen at Commerce City. Uh, Even in some places on the East Coast, there's there's, uh, cases of marijuana being adulterated with fentanyl. So why would you adulterate something with fentanyl? Make it more addictive, great, so that's a good thing. So so let's talk about methamphetamine. So why would I put fentanyl in my methamphetamine? Uh, one is, well, it might be cheaper. I might have more access to it since it's so available, and people are still looking for something that's intoxicating. So there's an ease of access and, and, uh, and a commerce side to it. But the other side to it is, what's methamphetamine withdrawal like? You got super sleepy, right? These are the people who are like 18 hours and you're poking them with a stick saying like, hey, get up, it's time to get out of the emergency department. Opposite of that is opioid withdrawal where people are miserable, right? They're vomiting, they feel like they've got severe flu. There's a lot more of a drive to get yourself out of opioid withdrawal than out of methamphetamine or cocaine withdrawal. So I think a lot of it is if you get people addicted to two drugs, the withdrawal's worse, you have a more reliable customer. The, worst, the bad part is that people are not great at mixing, so their supply is extremely volatile when it comes to how potent it is. And that's another reason that you see so many more people overdosing. So what should we take away from this for us as frontline emergency clinicians? One, we sure as hell should be testing for fentanyl, if that's what all our patients are using. And our drug test is even more useless than before. right? So it's important to ask people, especially when they look, like they're in opioid withdrawal, to ask if they're using and to ask fentanyl by name. The second thing, which is important, is anytime you have anyone using illicits, what should they go home with? Narcan. Narcan, right? You should be giving that crap out like it's water for anyone who's using an illicit drug. So if you recognize that your patient's using methamphetamine, that they're using cocaine, that they're using anything, just ask us to put an order in so you can send that patient home with Narcan, okay? So that you can keep them safe. The third thing is, of course, when you have people who actually suffer from opioid use disorder, what medicine should we really be trying to get in them? What is it? Methadone is one of them, Suboxone. And we do a lot of buprenorphine inductions, right? So how this really changes the game is fentanyl is extremely lipophilic. So you have to be a lot more conscientious about precipitated withdrawal with buprenorphine. So with heroin, you used to have to wait 12 hours, 24 hours, and then you can give them all the bup you wanted. There's been more and more cases with fentanyl because it is so lipophilic that people hold on to it just like they do with marijuana. And even 24 hours after, you're looking at them going, oh, my gosh, they look at like they're in bad withdrawal. But then you give buprenorphine and they might get worse. So because of that, a lot of places have been doing interesting stuff with like micro-inductions for buprenorphine or are waiting even longer. And let's say even there's even places that are discharging people with morphine for a few days to bridge them and then having them come back and then doing their buprenorphine induction then. So fentanyl is definitely changing the game when it comes to our illicit drug use. We have tools that we should be applying to every single patient and we should definitely be testing for it, which is something that we'll try to work on. Okay, friends. Thank you. We'd like to thank our sponsor, HealthOne Continental Division and Swedish Medical Center for their financial contributions to the EMM. Donations from them and listeners like you make it possible for us to fulfill our mission of producing and spreading free medical education to the masses. If you enjoy our show, please consider making a one-time or recurring donation to help cover our operational costs and keep the EMM awesome. Click on the link in our show notes to make a donation. Thank you for listening.